arguably that first meal where you break your fast, the first meal of the day is the most important because what we eat then sets us up for the day. Hi friends, in today's episode of Bite Size Biohacks, we're going to do a little solo episode. I've been chatting to many of you in my DMs on Instagram, um, asking what kind of content you like, and the overwhelming majority are basically asking for more information on fat loss and how to get in shape for summer. And I think all of us have that little bit that we'd like to lose to get leaner, and look more athletic. It might be that it's a little bit for you. It could be that it's a lot, but the same principles apply. And I think we can kind of tie ourselves in knots with different diets thinking, you know, my friend's done keto, I should be doing this, or maybe I should be going vegan or vegetarian or Mediterranean. And it can feel so confusing. And the health benefits of things like the Mediterranean diet, for example, are very well studied. But what we're looking at here is simply how can we burn more fat and stay leaner? And I think a healthy diet is a fundamental part of that. But there are some principles that if you employ these, you're going to burn more fat. You're going to turn yourself effectively into a fat burning machine. And I'm going to go through today what those three key principles are in this short episode um, so that you can understand them and start applying them straight away. So firstly, let's talk about how is fat burned in the body? What happens when you're burning fat? Essentially, it gets turned into carbon dioxide and you breathe it out. I know that sounds crazy, but you do actually breathe it out. So you might be thinking, well, then maybe if I just like over breathe, then maybe I can just uh, burn more fat if I start huffing and puffing. The thing is, effectively, what you'd be doing is you'd be hyperventilating, which would actually make you dizzy. Uh, and you could actually end up passing out. So we can't really use that as a strategy, but definitely moving more plays a part. Um, so even just simply standing up and getting dressed can kind of double your metabolic rate, right? So the more that you get up and move during the day, the more you're going to be burning fat. And yes, when you're at that low level of activity, you're predominating more fat burning than you are things like carbohydrate burning, for example, which happens more at the higher intensities. So the first thing is, how can we just bring in a ton more movement into your day? Ideally, you want to be going out for a walk. If you can, if you can get those 10,000 steps in, fantastic. But more than that, just getting up regularly. So if you're at work, uh, setting little like alarms on your on your phone, for example, to get up every, say, 30 to 45 minutes, walk around and do something. You could even do something that actually gets your heart rate up very quickly. Um, for example, like 40 seconds where you run up the stairs. Um, you could have a kettlebell by your desk. That's something that I have. So you can do some kettlebell swings or some push-ups, for example. But essentially, we want to be getting you to move more and just moving more across the day. They've even found that fat burning is enhanced by people who there was a study done where they were basically twitching their calf muscles at their desk and just moving those was leading to more calorie burn. And effectively, what this overall movement is known as is something known as NEAT, right? It's not your scheduled exercise session. This is non-exercise activity thermogenesis. So it's calories that are essentially burned while doing spontaneous activity. And this may come as a surprise to you, but this can actually contribute to a up to 20% of your overall calorie burn a day. Now, exercise, which is your planned scheduled exercise session, if you're doing them, 
contributes up to about 10%. So this is massive. Just moving more is definitely going to help you burn more fat. Um, And the combination, if you can put some scheduled exercise sessions in as well, which I'm going to be talking about in a moment, that's going to contribute even more because then you're going to get 20% if we can get to the max from NEAT, that non-exercise active thermogenesis and another 10% from your EAT, which is your exercise active thermogenesis. And so those two combined are going to give you a nice 30%. And then you'll get about another 60 to 70% from your basal metabolic rate. So that is basically the baseline of calories that you burn um, if to kind of keep you uh, in survival, but also to kind of optimize your body as much as you can to renew things uh, for your internal organs to function effectively, for your brain to be working. And that's really what you would be burning if you were just simply at rest all day. If you're looking at optimizing the health of your body and brain, then you're probably considering blocking EMF. And that's why I love Bond Charge. They have EMF blocking blankets. They have these little stickers that you can put on your phone that contain crystals to reduce EMF exposure. They also test all of their products for EMF. So their red light therapy devices, their sauna blankets are all tested. They have a huge focus on limiting unnecessary exposure to EMF. And Bond Charge, as sponsors of this podcast, are giving listeners 20% off their entire range including their blue light blocking glasses all you need to do is head over to bonnecharge.com forward slash angela and use coupon code angela to save yourself 20 percent. that's b-o-n-c-h-a-r-g-e dot com slash angela and use coupon code angela to save yourself 20 percent So the first thing here is let's get that physical activity up as much as you possibly can across the day. And as I say, just simple little things like doing some push-ups. Maybe every time you walk through a door, you do 50 jumping jacks, uh, running up and down the stairs, moving more, getting yourself to go to use the bathroom on a completely different floor, avoiding taking the lift, parking further away. Sounds crazy, but these things massively add up. And that way we can get you to that top end of that neat uh, to that 20%. So that would be number one. That is going to boost your metabolism dramatically. If you're using a step count, track those as well um, and see if you can get up to 10,000 steps or more um, across the day. That will really help as well. The next step is, um, and I'll come on to nutrition in a moment, but, but number two is let's do some form of strength training. Now, the reason for this is when I talked about that basal metabolic rate at the bottom, so that's contributing to about 60 or 70% of your calories burned, muscle burns two to three times more calories than fat. Muscle burns two to three times more calories than fat. So if we can put some more muscle onto you, then you're going to have a higher metabolic rate. And this avoids the need for things like diets, which have been shown not to work because in most instances, people regain the weight after they stop them. Even things like intermittent fasting, when people start to reduce that fasting window, um, say they've been doing something like the 16-8 and they're only having two meals a day, now they add in the third and they gain weight. So we actually want something sustainable and by increasing muscle, This is um, a reservoir for for glucose, so it's going to enhance your insulin sensitivity. It's going to give you more freedom and flexibility in terms of what you can eat. Um, It's going to burn more calories. It's an organ of longevity. And the thing is, it declines as we get older. Um, And one of the leading 
uh, causes of death in the elderly is from sarcopenia, which is that loss of muscle mass. It makes you more likely to fall, for example, and um, some kind of crazy stats of someone over the age of 65, if they have a fall, I think there's something like 30% more likely to die in the 12 months following. So we really, really want to hold on to our muscle mass for longevity. But when we're looking at it here from a fat burning perspective, it has uh, tremendous benefits as well. And this is particularly important um, as we move through our 40s and our 50s, particularly as women, as we make that transition through menopause, we start to lose insulin sensitivity, have higher levels of inflammation, we're more catabolic, so we're breaking down more muscle tissue, so we want to look after that. And by looking after your muscles, you'll also be strengthening your bones, which is very important, looking after bone density for women as well. So how are you going to do that? I would say just begin with three full body workouts a week if you can. Now, if you haven't been training, you're going to see effects very quickly, and so even body weight is going to be enough stimulus. If you're somebody that has been training and you're pretty well conditioned, uh, the key thing to be noting here is you want this concept of progressive overload. So you want to be overloading the muscle over time. So you want to be making your workouts harder, mixing things up, changing them as you go so that, you know, if you're lifting a certain weight one week, let's see if we can increase that on the bigger lifts by up to kind of five pounds or five kilos. Um, You could go up to on some of the really big moves that you're doing, um, like squats, for example, or deadlifts or leg press where you're using lots of compound um, muscles. And then for the smaller ones, somewhere about two and a half kilos. Now that wouldn't be linear. It's not necessarily every single week, but we want to make sure that when you can get to the end of your rep range, uh, reasonably comfortable, comfortably that you're then increasing that weight or you're increasing the time under tension. There are various different mechanisms that you can utilize, which I go into uh, in detail in my membership, the Female Biohacker Collective. We don't have time in this bite-sized episode, but make sure that you are focusing on that muscle mass. And that combined with this overall movement and lots of walking is going to really, really help your body to burn more fat. And then the last thing, the third pillar, is to increase your protein. This is really, really important. If you increase protein, you will burn more fat. Even without doing the other things that we've talked about, you will start to burn more fat because of the thermic effect of food and the the effect that protein has on the body. If you now combine that with strength training, you're going to be in that ideal thing that we all want, which is to gain a bit of muscle and lose fat. So coupling these things together, you're going to get the the results, the compound effects. Now, protein has a much higher thermic effect. That's one really good bonus of protein. So if we look at the thermic effect of food, we're looking basically at the calories that are burned through digestion. When you're eating fats, the thermic effect is about two to four percent. When you're having carbs, it's higher. It's about 7 to 15%. But when you eat protein, your um, thermic effect is somewhere between 20 and 30%. So what does that really translate to? What it means is if you're eating 100 calories worth of protein, you're only going to be absorbing in terms of those calories somewhere between 70 to 80 calories. Whereas if you think about fats with a thermic effect of 2 to 4%, you're actually going to be absorbing... 96 to 98% of those calories. So the thermic effect of protein is that much higher. Um, That's going to help to boost your metabolic rate. And particularly if you're combining it with um, whole food sources of carbohydrates that contain fiber, that will also be helping to manage your blood sugar as well. 
Um, the other reason for protein is that it stimulates muscle protein synthesis. So it's going to help you gain more lean tissue, which as you learned earlier, um, is also going to increase your metabolic rate. Now, you're also going to have better energy levels. You're going to have um, less cravings when you eat protein because it helps with satiation. Um, and you're going to um, control your blood sugar better across the day if you begin your day with foods that contain protein. So the key thing is how much protein. You want to have somewhere between 30 to 50 grams, depending on your size. So for most women, a serving of 30 to 40 grams of protein three times a day has incredible effects on the metabolism. I've seen this so many times with literally thousands of women that I've worked with and it is so, so powerful. So if you want to be thinking about if you're having three meals a day, how can I hit 30 to 40 grams of protein at each meal? And arguably that first meal where you break your fast to the first meal of the day is the most important because what we eat then sets us up for the day. So if we have a very carb heavy breakfast, for example, we're going to be on much more of a blood sugar roller coaster for the rest of the day. If we have protein, we're going to have better levels of concentration, higher levels of energy, greater satiety, and we're going to have less cravings across the day. So how can you get 30 grams of protein in in the morning? So I'm going to give you a few examples, three easy ways that you can get that protein in in the morning for breakfast. One way would be to have one cup of Greek yogurt, 2% fat Greek yogurt, with a small handful of almonds and about 60 grams of raspberries or blueberries. The cool thing about the blueberries is that amount of blueberries has been correlated with improved cognitive health as well. So there's a bonus. Going to be getting some nice fiber, some healthy fats and some proteins. That would be the first way. The second way would be to have something like avocado on sourdough with um, an egg, for example, and some smoked salmon. So just eating one egg isn't going to be enough protein. You need to pair it with some other things. So you could mix in like three or four eggs you could have. Uh, you could add in an egg white, for example, or you could just have one egg, slice of sourdough, quarter of an avocado, and about 90 grams of poached salmon. That again is going to give you 30 grams of protein. If you try these, you'll see how different and satiated you feel um, for the rest of, of the morning. And then the other way would be one of my favorite ways is actually to mix up a protein shake, which is what I do when I get back from my workout. Now you can use protein powder. You can also just combine a bunch of natural foods. So again, you could take that cup of Greek yogurt. You could add it with a small frozen banana, preferably green. Why do I say green? They've got less sugar, but also they contain something known as resistant starch, green bananas, which is going to um, help your gut microbiome. So what I tend to do is get some green bananas, peel them, chop them uh, into, into small pieces and then put them into the freezer and then I add them into my smoothie and they're effectively like um, ice cubes. So that's a nice way of doing it. So a small frozen banana, um, you can have a couple of teaspoons of something like almond butter, a teaspoon of chia seeds, a teaspoon of raw cacao powder um, and then about 120 mils of almond milk. And that will make you up a really nice smoothie that gets you to your 30 grams of protein. Uh, My Fitness Pal actually has a great list um, of these things that you can utilize to make sure you get your protein in. But the key thing here is the key three takeaways that I want you to get is you want to increase protein if you aren't already. So let's get three servings of a minimum of 30 grams of protein in a day. 
you want to start strength training. Initially, body weight will be enough, but we need to have that concept of progressive overload. And the third thing is you want to get moving more. Any opportunities that you can move more throughout the day so that you get that neat, that non-exercise active thermogenesis. Now, if you'd like more help with this, then check out my membership, the Female Biohacker Collective. We have live calls every single week in there and monthly challenges to help you put in place and make those changes and gain your own transformation. You'll also, when you join, unlock a whole bank of masterclasses that we have on gut health, on metabolic flexibility, on syncing your fitness with your hormones, on mindset, and a whole bunch more. So go and check that out over at femalebiohacker.com. Thanks again for listening. If you like this episode, please hit the subscribe button so you never miss another one. And if there's other topics you'd like me to cover on these bite-sized episodes, then leave us a review and add the topics you'd like in the comments. Thanks again and have a wonderful rest of your weekend. Thank you for listening to today's show and for your interest in health optimization for high performance. If you're new to my podcast, you may be interested to know that you can get a free health score and report complete with personalized recommendations on how to optimize your sleep, nutrition, fitness, and resilience in the top link in the show notes below. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Links to everything we talked about are also in the show notes. And if you enjoyed today's show, please subscribe for more.